Welcome to Season 5, Episode 15 of the Zebra Before and After Podcast. I'm your host, Lane Ball. I figured I just, I really don't like painting chairs um, because it's just, the spin, it's just so hard. It's tedious. Um, so I just decided I was going to sand them down. I, I, I enjoy sanding for some reason. So I spent a lot of time sanding it all down, both of them down, and um, decided just to go with a very natural finish on the chairs. Today we hear from our May Zebra Review winners category focus of chairs. Our featured judge, Jen Talley, with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture, will be interviewing our winners, Susan with Little Lou Designs, Kate with Kate's Reclaimed, and Robin with Remade by Robin. We'll end our segment with a panel discussion on insights and guidance on refinishing what some may say those dreaded chairs. Veronica with Vintage by Veronica shares her tip on creating a very unique customer care kit. Our question of the week, what is your favorite part of refinishing, will be answered by our friends Hannah with Thrifty Farmhouse, Anna with Khaki Creations, Jackie with Three Inspired, and Beth with At the Dovestale. Patty with Midlife Revival shares her furniture mishap in our furniture blooper segment. Stay with us, friends. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will help platform your day. We're going to slow up summer a bit by going back in time to May when it was a bit cooler and interview our May Zebra Review winners. The category was chairs, and we have some beautiful chairs to discuss with three talented refinishers. Our Zebra Review featured judge for May was Jen Talley with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture. We always love having Jen on the podcast. How are you, Jen? Hi, Lane. I'm good. How are you? Good. So uh, how's your summer going? Fast too fast. I know. I I love summer. It's my favorite time of year. I love having the kids home with me. We have such great weather here on the lakeshore. Um, So I enjoy every moment of it. And it just always goes by way too fast. But, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. And it's been wonderful. So I know. My theory is I think when you enjoy something a lot, it goes by faster. So yes. um, maybe we just need to enjoy it a little bit less and <laughs> slow it down a little bit. <laughs> right. I think if that theory is correct, then I'm going to start loving winter here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Tell me about it. I've got to mm-hmm. find out reasons to really love winter. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Um, I'm going to introduce the winners, and here we go. First place went to Susan with Little Lou Designs. Second place went to Kate with Kate's Reclaimed. And third place went to Robin with Remade by Robin. Listen, you guys all did stunning work. We just want to say congratulations to all three of you. Nice job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, we are in the throes of summer, and it's been hotter than ever here in the South. And I'm eager to see what it's like uh, with all of you guys. In fact, I'm hoping you guys will cool us off a little bit with cooler weather than what we're experiencing. I want to start with Jen. Jen, uh, you said you're enjoying summer because I know summer is really nice in comparison to winter in Wisconsin. But has it gotten really hot up there? Not terribly. Luckily here, um, like I said, I live right on the shore of Lake Michigan, so the lake keeps us nice and cool. So it never really gets too hot or humid. We we have had a couple um, high 80s days, but that's about as high as it gets. Today it's about 70, 
five maybe. Um, mm. we, the only complaint that I've had so far this summer is that we haven't had enough rain. It's really dry. Um, last night we had a nice thunderstorm. Um, so we really appreciated getting that rain, but yeah, nice and nice and beautiful here. Uh, well, I'm happy for you. And that cools me off a little bit because it's <laughs> been, you know, in the South, we're known for, especially in this time of year, we're known for the 90s, 90 degree temperatures. And we're also known for really high humidity, like 90%. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a sauna outside. Oh. So to hear that 70 degree weather, man, that sounds nice. It makes mm-hmm. me want to come to Wisconsin. <laughs> you should. <laughs> <laughs> Susan, what about you? Uh, you're up in New England. What kind of temps are you guys experiencing? Yeah, we're mid-80s today, which is pretty nice. Now, do you have high humidity up there? You know what? I knew you would ask weather, so I actually pulled it up on my computer ahead of time. Yes and no. Compared to other states, we're not bad. We're just about 50% humidity today. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's manageable. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's funny because we were talking about this the other day with uh, the kids because, you know, you love and you're so thankful for air conditioning in the home. And, but the thing is, when it's high humidity like this and you're outside for a little while, and of course you get hot and you're eager to go inside, but because it's humid, you feel wet when you go inside mm-hmm. and then, and then you feel cold, you know, because you're right. it's almost like you've been in the pool. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's a really strange uh, thing that takes place. Well, I'm glad you've got some good weather as well. well I'm going to jump to Kate out in Colorado. What's it yeah. like out there? Yeah, today is really nice. It's super sunny. And I just checked as well. It's 90 degrees and at 3 p.m. it's supposed to be 94, 95. So it's Ooh. a pretty hot day today. <laughs> yes, it is. Are you up there with uh, humidity or do you have lower humidity? We have lower humidity. Um, I didn't check the percentage on that, but it's pretty dry, pretty dry climate. We do live um, near two lakes, actually, which is mm-hmm. kind of rare in Colorado. But um, so maybe we get a little, you know, boost from them, but it's it's pretty dry. Yeah, that, that makes it manageable. That makes it nice. We get those low yeah. humidity days once in a while. And what's really cool about those is you can really see a distance. And you can tell, obviously, by how it feels, but you can see further because you, know, you don't have all the humidity in the air. Yeah. So that's nice. Well, Robin, I believe you're up in Jen's neck of the woods. Uh, are you, I guess you're experiencing some pretty good weather too. Um, I am. I'm about 45 minutes south, I believe, of mm-hmm. Jen. Um, Jen's right on the lake. And and believe it or not, if I'm in, I'm rural, so I'm not on the lake. And so I tend to get a little warmer than what Jen would. So mm-hmm. if I want to get a little um, relief, I should say, um, then I would head towards the lake <laughs> because, mm-hmm. because there's definitely a difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you can, it's almost like a wall. You can just feel how cool it is by the lake. And they say that it's cooler by the lake. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But yeah, it's, we're about 77, 78 today. So, um, and the humidity is about Jen, but we tend to get a little warmer than she mm-hmm. does. So, well, you yeah. just have to head to Jen's then to cool off. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> that's that's funny. That's a lot like us as well because where we're living, uh, where we live, we live about forty five minutes from uh, the mountains. We're in the foothills, so we live about forty five minutes from the mountains. And there's a place called 
Boone, North Carolina, and uh, also a place called Blowing Rock, North Carolina. And a lot of times, a lot of people in our area will, will drive up to Blowing Rock. It's kind of a touristy town, quaint little town. But it's amazing because you can be, let's say, 90 here. And sometimes you drive 45 minutes north to Blowing Rock and Boone. And you'll definitely get the 80s, but sometimes you'll get the 70s, like high 70s. Yeah. So it's really cool that at least we have that option. Like, you know, we got to get out of this heat, let's, and, but we still want to be outside. So let's go to Boone or Blowing Rock. So mm-hmm. you're similar in that way as well. Absolutely. Well, we are eager to discuss your pieces, but before we do that, I just want to remind our listeners of how the show will unfold. Jen will ask you questions about your pieces. Um, the other show guests as well are welcome to ask each other questions. As always, I will lob in one of my fun out of nowhere questions for each winner. Basically, these are questions that have nothing to do with refinishing. By the way, each guest will receive a different question, so that means you can't think about what your answer will be ahead of time. <laughs> That's part of the fun. <laughs> you know, it's that, it's that impromptu, spontaneous stuff that we like. Gets, it helps us get to know you guys a little bit better. Oh, sure. uh, also, after we discuss your pieces, we'll have a quick break, and then we'll come back on to have a short panel discussion among all four of you on your insights and guidance on refinishing chairs. So for now, let's discuss your beautiful chairs. Susan, you won first place with your beautifully stained chairs. Jen, I'm going to turn it over to you, and you can ask Susan some questions. Okay. Oh, my gosh, Susan, I just have to say I just absolutely loved your chairs. They were so beautiful. The aesthetic, the the whole thing, it was just like magazine worthy so so pretty thank you (laughs) yeah you're welcome that means so much coming from you too (laughs) well thank you so I guess just tell me um first just maybe give me a recap of um how these came to be where you got them your inspiration a little bit of your process um, I found them on Facebook Marketplace, just a couple towns over. Um, a young couple had had them for quite some time and were just looking to clean out. So looking to get rid of them. I got them for a really, really good price. I think maybe $40 for both of them. And they were sturdy, really good condition. I'm just a little out of date. So um brought them back and just started working on them over time. And I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do, but I figured I just, I really don't like painting chairs mm-hmm. um, because it's just, <laughs> the spin, it's just so hard. It's mm-hmm. tedious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just decided I was going to sand them down. I, I, I enjoy sanding for some reason. So I spent a lot of time sanding it all down, both of them down and um, decided just to go with a very natural finish on yeah. the chairs. Um, and then wanted to spruce them up a little bit. So I figured adding a cushion, even though they didn't come with them, I thought that would make it kind of stand out and special. So started working on making some custom um, cushions. Wow. So you, so you sanded them down completely and you also made and upholstered the cushions? Yes. Wow. That is so much work. I just, I just feel like people unless they've done it before, they have no idea how much work chairs are. So. Oh yes. Chairs and upholstery. I think both. It was definitely, it took me quite some time, but I, you know, I work on it a little bit, an hour here, an hour there. So as long as I'm okay with, you know, not being done right away, then, you know, it's fun to do it because I'm not, I'm not an upholsterer. And I, I, so because I, you know, I, sew every now and then, 
So it wasn't, the cushions were not a simple task for me either. And I watched a lot of YouTube tutorials on <laughs> sewing nice. box um, cushions. And, and I was surprised that they came out as good as they did, actually. Yeah, they are beautiful. What would you say was the most challenging part for you? Um, I guess making the cushions, <laughs> which is not really, you know, that's it, the refinishing part I've done, you know, for years now. Um, mm -hmm. So that was easier. Um, and the chairs were so sturdy, I didn't have to do any repairs. And typically, I have to do some type of repair um, with the furniture that I'm refinishing, but these I didn't. Um, so yeah, the hardest part was just making that seat cushion, I guess, and making sure that it came out perfect enough for me to feel comfortable selling it. If I make them for myself, I don't worry so much. But if I know I'm going to be selling it, it should, as far as I'm concerned, be perfect. Yeah. Um, or, you know, very, very well made and, you know, look Right. So, yeah, that was probably making the box cushions was the most challenging part. The sanding was enjoyable and easy. I just listened to audiobooks or podcasts while I'm doing that. So that part mm -hmm. is not so bad. Good. Yeah, I do the same thing. I, you have to have <laughs> something going on while you're working. But well, yes, did you. Um, so you sanded the chairs first. So after you got them kind of down to raw or um, because you didn't stain them, right? No, I didn't. Okay. Nope. So once you saw that kind of raw look, it, is that kind of what inspired you to pick the fabric that you did? Or did you already have kind of that that vibe or that look in mind? I was thinking I seem to choose a lot of blues and whites. So I had, a, a, you know, fabric colors in mind. But after I sanded the chairs down, I decided I wanted to be a white and a light blue. So then I just started the process of searching for what I thought would be the ideal fabric. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. Um, Thank okay, you. So then my last question would be, um, mm -hmm. did you, did, have you sold these? Do you still have them? Where are they? I at? did. I, <laughs> I sold them right away. I was so happy. Good. Um, jeez. Oh, I sold a few things kind of back to back and I can't remember off the top of my head. They, I never ship. So they're local. Um, mm -hmm. I think the woman was, a couple towns over, maybe Concord or Carlisle, Massachusetts. Um, but I don't remember exactly. But yes, they sold right away, which is always very nice <laughs> to see someone else likes the work as much as you hope they will. And then it sells quickly. So. Right. Oh, gosh. Well, congratulations. They are beautiful. Thank you so much. And this was actually one of the easier staging jobs that have, well, furniture staging. I usually struggle with that. And this one, I just, it, it, took place very easily, kind of naturally. I just got some flowers and laid it down, took a shot. And I said, oh, oh yeah. I really like that. And I, I typically do struggle with the staging aspect, but for some reason, this one went very easily, which was also very nice. Oh, so nice. Susan, that's Thank crazy you. to hear you say that you struggle with staging. Oh. <laughs> I mean, seriously, your staging has always been top notch. So that's, oh. prob that's probably encouraging to a lot of people to hear that because, um, if you struggle and it turns out as nicely uh, as it does, I mean that's impressive. So, oh, um, thank it, you. Do you? Why do you say you struggle with it? It's just, it just, it just it's not natural. It's not natural. <laughs> I have to, you know, I'll put some props and flowers and different things and take a picture. And just quite often, the first few times, it just doesn't look good. So I'll move things around and try again and take some pictures. Occasionally, I've even had to just stop that day and say, all right, I have to reset and try again another day because I'm just not happy with 
how they're coming out. And my lighting is tough. I take the pictures in my garage. Yeah. Um, so I open the garage doors, but then that creates shadows. And I do have um, photography lighting too, but I'm not a photographer. So I'm kind of winging that aspect of it and trying different things mm-hmm. um, to see what works the best. But no, the staging is definitely hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's always interesting to hear different refinishers talk about what part they enjoy and what part is a struggle. And I know that's helpful for everybody to hear. Um, and I would say this too, and I know everybody would echo this. You definitely have vision because I think if I had seen those chairs, um, I would have just said, well, those are just dated, dated, you know, uh, I, I don't know that you can bring them into today's world, but, uh, to be able to sand those back like you did. And then of course, add the, the upholstery to it, it is, they really are quite beautiful. So nice job Thank on you. that. Thank you very much. Well, we're going to throw you a curveball here uh, <laughs> talking about chairs. I'm going to ask you our fun out of nowhere question. Are you ready for that? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's. Actually, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I try to make them a little more uh, relatable this time. <laughs> Sometimes I ask such crazy questions. All right. this You'll, you'll find this pretty easy. So which breakfast okay. item is a must have for you? A, pancakes, B, bacon and eggs, C, oatmeal, or D, avocado toast? Oh, goodness. Can I say E, a green tea latte? <laughs> <laughs> <From> Starbucks? <laughs> I, I was going to say, I guess you could add E if you wanted to. <laughs> I am not a breakfast person. I um, I get a nice big green tea latte almost every morning, which is a, a very large milk with matcha powder in it, and that pretty uh-huh. much fills me up for my breakfast. But yeah. if I were at a restaurant and I would choose, I'd probably pick avocado toast. Okay. All so right. that well, is that <laughs> So you're into all the green stuff then. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's cool. Very interesting to uh, to know. Well, Susan can be reached on Instagram at Little Lou Designs. Congratulations, Susan. Thank you. Well, next up is Kate with Kate's Reclaimed. Kate won second place with her lovely rocking chair. Turning it over to you, Jen. Yeah, Kate. It was so beautiful, and I have to say, I remember watching your process with this one because (laughs) you shared a lot in your stories, and, you know, the whole time I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, you know, this is so much work, this looks so hard, but I mean, I was blown away at the outcome. It just turned out so good. Aw, thanks, Jen. You're welcome. (laughs) So, So tell me about this rocking chair and a little bit more about you know, where you found it and what your inspiration or vision was and a little bit about your process. Yeah, so it was actually from a friend. I live in Fort Collins, Colorado, and she lives in Loveland. Um, Her name's Krista, so thanks, Krista. And she was over the chair. (laughs) She she did not want to do any more. And she had actually helped me out a lot by removing uh, majority of the nails and staples. And um, she did take off the original cushion, um, but she kind of took a couple photos, sent me a DM and just said, Hey, I'm done with this. Do you want it? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yes, I do. I had just gotten done doing two um, antique benches. So I had had some fabric and a little bit of cushion left. And I'm like, I think I just have enough 
um, you know, to kind of be able to do this one. So I went down the next day to Loveland, which is like a 30 minute drive from my house, got the chair, um, brought it home. And yeah, I don't know if you remember, Jen, but I finished it in like three days. I just went kind of mm-hmm. nuts and just yeah. <laughs> put, removed all the staples, all the nails that were left, which she had done a lot of work for me. Um, and then I went ahead, gave it a good cleaning, a sanding. Um, I did keep it raw, no stain. I just sealed it and I did use my zebra top coat brushes on this one. So thank you, zebra, (laughs) the best. Um, and I just used the Palm Pro the whole time and I, I just did the clear coat, but I had that leftover fabric and I just kind of was really inspired from the fabric. It was, um, a patterned one and I got it from Joanne to just do a pop on the back of the antique bench that I had recently finished. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had, I was like, I think I have just enough to do it for the chair. And I really wanted it to look, um, like the deconstructed look. So I did leave the little teeny burlap on the top part of the chair exposed. Um, and I wanted it to kind of look like farmhousey vintage to G, you know, mm-hmm. show the love. And so I just cut the fabric, I would say a little rough, if that's like the yeah. right term. And then I did um, little nails um, exposed. So I kind of did them uniform. And um, again, I'm not a seamstress. I, I would say I'm not an upholsterer, but I've been kind of recently dabbling a little bit. And it just seemed, I just, this chair went up for whatever reason, um, that weekend, just getting that wild hair to get it done. I just was almost inspired by the chair and that fabric. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go for it and just nail in those nails and do it. So, yeah. yeah that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. Like, sometimes you just get a piece or or something in your head or, like you said, like that fabric that just, like, lights this flame. And it's like, okay, let's let's keep going forward because you're so excited to see, like, what it can become. So, yes. I totally get that. Um my favorite part of your chair was just exactly what you just described, how you wanted it to look like imperfect, basically with, I yeah. loved the rough, the rough edge of the fabric. I thought that mm-hmm. was like, perfect. <laughs> that was perfect Thank you. for me. Like, that's like, oh my God, <laughs> just exactly what it should look like. And then uh-huh. um, like the burlap, like it just all came together so good. Um, Thank you. Yeah. What, like, what would you say was the most challenging part of it um you know the I, I seeing what she had sent me with the photos I really didn't think I would spend that much time removing nails and I I really did I think it was a good two hours like literally oh. straight two hours no stops and I was just on a mission my kids weren't home and I was like this is my time <laughs> to, <laughs> to work and to get it done so I had every single tool you know mm-hmm. all the upholstery tools that I do have needle nose pliers I was pulling stuff out and I just wanted everything out so those little holes and imperfections would would show but the nail wouldn't be there or the mm-hmm. staple and it took me like a good two I mean my fingers I had a little blister mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just but I just wanted it to be that raw canvas so then I could get started. And yeah, the sanding wasn't too bad. I think as we'll probably all talk about here today, I don't think chairs are anyone's go-to, um, <laughs> you know, piece to re- redo. But um, when I got it for free and kind of knew I had the supplies, I'm like, I'm doing it. So I would say just removing the remaining uh, staples and everything was the hardest part. Yeah. And just you know, it, it seems like whenever you do something like that, there is never just one tool that does it all. You right. need like 
10 different things. Like that's, yes. that's what one of us should invent, you know, like this multi-tool for that. I don't know. It's... We, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's, let's do it. Zebra, zebra, maybe zebra. Do it. That's right. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> oh my God. The Swiss army of yes. the furniture. Yes. yes. Oh gosh. Um, and then, uh, you know, of course, my last question is, have you sold it? And where does the chair live now? Yes, I did sell it. And it was kind of one where I thought I probably won't, but I got it for free. I had the fabric um, and a lady who lives not too far away, um, a new client had seen it on Facebook Marketplace. So I did post it there, but it went like I would say maybe two or three days after I posted it, she messaged me, um, came and got it. And I had a set of green nightstands as well. So Ooh. she was like, oh, let me <laughs> look at these too. And so she took a bunch of pictures, went home, texted me and said, I want the nightstands as well. So then she came back the next day and got the nightstand. So it was really nice that, um, you know, she came, liked the chair, knew she wanted the chair and then kind of ended up with another piece too. But yeah, it sold um, pretty quick, which was a great feeling because I definitely thought, well, if we end up just inheriting it, that's okay. Um, I didn't know if a single chair um, would sell. I don't think I've actually sold a chair by itself. Right. So that was my first, my first one, but then she came back for the nightstand. So oh, that's awesome. I <laughs> Two love for one. It. I love it when it works out like that. And you said it was yeah. a, a new client too. Yes, it was just oh, somebody nice. that found me through Facebook Marketplace, um, ha had never, you know, seen my stuff before. But then I think she went on to my Facebook um, and her and her husband are redoing their family farmhouse and they're extending the back out. So she was like, we have a whole guest bedroom. So she's like, this is going to be perfect for it. We're putting everything in there. And um, yeah, and, and we've kept in touch just a little bit because I wanted a picture of mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. in the new spot, which it's not completely done because they're still remodeling but she did send me a picture of where it's living now. So, oh. um, which is always nice to see your home um, in someone, your your work in someone's home. Yeah. I, I know I was going to ask where did, did she say where she was going to put it, but that makes perfect sense. Like that, yeah, absolutely perfect for a spare bedroom in an old farmhouse. Yes. Well, I think it's uh, always really cool to hear you guys talk about the process and then to see the end result, because one of the things that I appreciate so much about furniture finishers is the fact that you guys are like designers. I mean, you're having to make a ton of decisions. And I love, Kate, on this piece, how you kept it very vintage. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know mm -hmm. if I say that because it's a rocking chair, you know. Right. But, it, it did have a maker's mark underneath the one arm. I believe it was Murphy's was the brand, Murphy's. And I kept that, too, mm. so that I just kind of taped off a square underneath. And, you know, it's it is it's, it's vintage. Yeah, yeah. I love <laughs> At it. At least. I think yeah. it's so cool. Really, really nice job. Thank well, you. Kate, are you ready for your fun out of nowhere question? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> okay, she's excited. <laughs> All right, which cuisine uh, do you enjoy the most? A, Italian, B, Mexican, C, Chinese, or D, Indian? I definitely like everything, but I think you said B was Mexican, and that's going to be my favorite. That's probably our go-to. Uh, we do Taco Tuesdays a lot, and then the leftovers, nachos, burritos, you know, just kind of bowls with rice and meat and salsa and everything. So mm. uh, Mexican is is probably my favorite. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to beat, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> um, blessed because my wife's mom was from Mexico. And oh, nice. 
So, I mean, I've been exposed to flautas and empanadas and tamales and all kinds of just extraordinarily good food. And oh, uh, my, my wife's a good cook, too, so she's carried down some of those uh, really good dishes. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give That's you uh, amazing. two thumbs Send up Send me some recipes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Nothing like that authentic cuisine, too. So. Exactly. Well, Kate can be reached on Instagram at Kate's Reclaimed. Congratulations, Kate. Thank you. Well, our third place winner is Robin with Remade by Robin. Robin refinished an old ornate chair. Jen, back to you. Oh, yes, Robin. That chair was just stunning. I remember, now remind me if I'm wrong or correct me if I'm wrong, but you did this one a while ago, right? It was in the winter? I I did do it before you announced yeah, that like I had already... um, contest, but you said that we had we could go yes. back to January. So um, I I probably did do it early in this year. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. And of course, I say winter, but it could have been like April, and it still felt felt like winter here, right? <laughs> so once we um, you know said it was going to be chairs, I specifically remember thinking in my head. I hope Robin enters that chair because it was it was just a standout for me. I thought it was just so beautifully done. Oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So so where did you find it and what was your vision or inspiration and and your process with it? I I did get it at a local thrift store and I wasn't looking for a chair, you know, I mean I, I follow your Thursday yep. furniture thrift um, yeah. and you just kind of go to see what's there right. and um, the chair just happened to be there and uh, you know, it, it was in good condition. It, it wasn't a piece that is my style at all, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and I actually probably walked by it. I looked at the price and then I came around again, <laughs> and I was, and I, you know, I said, okay. Uh, and honestly, I had some ideas. I knew I am not an upholsterer, and I am beyond impressed with the other two ladies mm-hmm. because I can't sew a button on to save my life. So, Same. Um, I, I would not trust anyone to sit in a chair that I sew. <laughs> <laughs> I, it really would not probably be good. So um, I knew I was going to paint this, including the fabric. And I've painted fabric before, and I've had, you know, a, a really good um, experience with doing so. Mm-hmm. So um, I had kind of a vision in my head, and the chair just kind of spoke to yeah. me. And, and it it is a fancy chair. Let's get that clear. Right. It's it's it would not fit into my decor at all. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it was going to be a hard sell because somebody had to have the right decor to have this right. fit in. So. Right. So I'm curious. I've never painted uh, a you know upholstery. So what kind of paint did you use? I just used for this particular chair. I I used. Um, it's not a true milk paint. It's, it's marketed as a, as a, it's, you know, lamp black. Oh, yeah. I don't know. If, General can, finish. Can I say? Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, it, I mean, it's not a powder form milk paint, but I just use that for this chair. 
And I actually, when, when I did it, I added fabric softener, liquid fabric softener. Oh. And part of the idea behind that is that because people are so afraid that the, the cloth or the fabric is going to be crunchy or stiff or, or something. So by adding the fabric softener, um, I think you alleviate that, but also by adding the fabric softener to the, the paint, um, it, it gets really thick, mm. like gloppy thick. So then I had to add water. So, and I was worried about, you know, so many questions to my head. Is it going to hold up our, is it going to crack? Is it going to, um, peel up? Is it going to scratch off? Is it, you know, and I, so I'm Googling everything, you know, will this work and can you do it? And so then I used a furniture grade, um, Mod Podge. Yeah. I, so they have different Mod Podges. I, and there's one for furniture or cloth, I should say, not furniture. Mm-hmm. Um, fabric grade is what it is. And I use that as my, um, sealant. And then once that dried completely, I came in with parchment paper and an iron and I heat, heat set mm. all of the transfers. Oh, that's so interesting. It it makes me want to try it. I mean, like you said, I totally get what you mean. Like if you didn't really spend a lot on a piece and you just want to try something like that's the perfect opportunity to do it. Cause you're like, even if I ruin it, Oh, well, I'm out, you know, 25 bucks or something. And even if it, if right. it is quote unquote ruined, you've learned something from it. So, you know, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I loved your staging and the angle of the picture. I think it just looked like you said, it's a fancy chair. It is. Um, But you made it look really fancy. (laughs) Like you made it look really expensive. So I think that was uh, like very good. Staging is my nemesis. I, I panic when it's like when the piece is done, I, I'm just like, Oh gosh, now I got to stage it (laughs) because it's, it's hard for me. It really is. And, and I don't know why, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. maybe because I, I, you know, I see how beautifully staged so many other pieces Mm -hmm. are and everything. And it's like, I, I don't have necessarily a staging wall. Mm -hmm. Um, my house is just, so many windows the piece I knew it needed to be the spotlight and that you didn't want too many props to take away from the chair and um, I don't even know who I took inspiration from I do remember seeing it could have even been Amanda over at Lemon Pepper Farmhouse maybe Uh okay so then my my last question Maybe you already kind of answered this, but um, did you did you find a buyer for it, or did you end up keeping it yourself? Um, I I did not find a buyer for oh, it. Not yet. And, not yet. But it now recently, just actually this past week, this past um, Friday, um, moved out to a boutique in Plymouth. My daughter in law opened a new store and. Um, it is for sale at that store. So I, it's the perfect piece of custom furniture in her boutique. So hopefully the right person will find it. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. 
Yeah, Robin, I mean, putting it out there is going to get a lot more exposure, and I'm sure you'll sell it with no problems. It's a, it is a beautiful piece. Thank you so much. Are you ready for your fun out of nowhere question, Robin? Um, I, I think so. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I'm sticking with the food theme, so here we go. Which dessert is your ultimate weakness? A, chocolate cake, B, ice cream, C, cheesecake, or D, freshly baked cookies? Um, uh, for most of my life, I have not been a sweet eater. Yeah, good um, for you. <laughs> That's a good thing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I fall farther, you know, more towards the chips and salty snacks. Um, but I would say cheesecake. If I had to choose any of them, I would definitely say cheesecake. Um, it, it's... It's good any way you you prepare it. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I would have to agree with that. That's a very wise choice. Although I do have a bent towards chocolate, so chocolate cake would be a difficult one for me too. And then I do have a bent towards soft-baked cookies. So (laughs) uh, I think the only one I could really bypass easily is ice cream. And I know a lot of people are thinking, what? I mean, because it seems like ice cream is the the most common dessert, I think. But... um, but I'm, I'm okay with it. I just don't desire it. So, well, Robin can be reached on Instagram at Remade by Robin. Congratulations, Robin. Thank you so very much. Hi, my name is Alyssa with Rustic Refresh, and this podcast is sponsored by my friends at Zebra. Zebra brushes are my go to for all my furniture painting projects. I can use a single brush over and over on different projects because they wash so well and I don't get bristles falling out like with other brushes that I've tried. They're easy to find in my local hardware stores, affordable, and come in all the shapes and sizes that I need. Zebra is definitely the workhorse of my brush collection. Thank you, Alyssa, for your kind words about our brushes. It is a great encouragement. In the world of refinishing, there are those common pieces that almost everyone has tackled, like a dresser, buffet, or nightstand, but then there are chairs. Hmm. (laughs) I think it's pretty common among refinishers that chairs are a bear to tackle. They have smaller pieces, some have upholstery, and they just require a different type of grit, and I'm not talking about sandpaper grit. I'm talking about refinisher's grit. Today, we're going to gain some insight among our rewinners and judge as they discuss what's involved in refinishing chairs. You'll gain some better understanding and either be motivated to try refinishing a chair if you haven't already, or maybe just put it off until another season. <laughs> either way, we'll have fun and come away with more knowledge. So turn it over to you guys uh, and see what you guys have to say about chairs. Well, um, I actually don't mind doing chairs. Uh, I have done several chairs and um, I like the challenge of them. Um, however, a spindle chair is a whole nother story. Um, as I had, I've said before um, that the spindles are like the burpees of the furniture world. Mm-hmm. They, they are, they're very um, tedious and they take a lot of time and unless you're spraying, of course, then, Ooh, then boo his, boo his. I always do his spray. <laughs> no, no I, I, I'm not condoning that or anything. I'm simply saying that it, they take a lot of time and um, they're not people's favorites for sure. Yeah. Also, that? <laughs> can I interject? I do. I 
I, you know, when I've had so many people ask me if I'll do dining room and obviously with the dining room table, there are many chairs and I've never been able to say yes, it's just too big of a project. Um, however, a pair of chairs is a different story. I feel like that is you can tackle that job. And honestly, I have used the round brush too, Zebra's round brush, and it really right. does make a difference. Um, because in the chairs I just finished, I didn't paint them, but I did do multiple um, clear coats on it. The round brush definitely helped the job. It made it a lot easier um, to tackle for sure. Mm. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I definitely agree with the spindles and the legs and a dining room table is already going to take up a lot of space. And to do multiple chairs, it just kind of seems like um, to paint by hand, the bang wouldn't be worth the buck. It's just a lot of time and effort. And um, I know we were kind of talking about our chairs selling or not selling, but I do feel like if it's one piece that I'm given, like my rocking chair, if it's for free, I've got a little more like, okay, I'll just do it because I got it for free. <laughs> but um, to have to pay for a chair and just, I think the amount of time that they require um, with sanding, you're still doing all of the steps that you would for a dresser or, you know, a buffet or nightstands. You're going to prime, you're going to paint, you're going to top coat and just all of those small spaces um, just add up to a lot of time and you might not get your, your, your money worth, you know, for the time that you have into it. Yeah, I agree with all of you guys, too. I think it totally depends on the style of the chair. Um, you know, it's funny because when I first started this, like, what, eight years ago, chairs were all I did because I was new to this and I thought that they were easy. Um, and <laughs> and the thing is, is that um, I don't regret that because, wow, did I learn a lot by doing that. And so... I do think that, you know, you find, you you see chairs all the time for sale at thrift stores or rummage sales or whatever. And, you you know, you can get them for five bucks, 10 bucks. So in that aspect, I think what a great opportunity for practice. Um, and while I, I, you know, looking back now, if I were to tell somebody, you know, because one of my pieces of advice is always, you know, start with something small. Um, while I don't think that I would tell them to start with the chair because I feel like it would probably turn them off from doing this, at, you know, um, <laughs> I still think it's a great opportunity to learn. Um, and, you know, you're going to, there's, there's large parts of the chairs that, you know, um, require this brush or this technique. There's smaller parts that require this. There's lots of, you know, turning the chair upside down, doing, you know, the multiple coats and layers and stuff. So I think it's, um, good practice. And um, also to echo what you guys said about the round brush, that's excellent for spindles. And also the square brush is really good on chairs because um, kind of getting in between where the spindle part like meets the seat, that mm -hmm. square brush is really good for that. Exactly. Yeah. And I use both, both the round and the square um, on this chair that we talked about today. Mm. So perfect. Perfect brushes for that um, paint yeah. application. Mm -hmm. I'm actually working on another set of chairs I have right now and am using that square brush, I think, is my primary brush. And I love it. Love it. I have a few of them and I just keep going from one to the other. 
Mm-hmm. You can't get enough of the chairs. You're just coming back. Oh, and I can't get enough of the chairs. You need more. Oh, good. And it's funny that you say that because I just received two oh, free chairs that I'm actually working on in between projects as we speak yeah. also. I mean, in so. terms of space, like Jen, what you were saying with starting with those and how cheap they were and mm-hmm. that you're like, I paint them all the time. It doesn't take up as much space. I my Our garage is so packed. I have a huge long buffet, a big like nine drawer dresser mm-hmm. and really how many you know larger pieces can you store so i think when i when i can get like a little bench or a a small end table or chair those smaller pieces you know it's nice to have those in your in your uh inventory and kind of pieces that you have available and the same thing whenever i've had spindles i've i don't know if i've ever done sanded down to raw wood for spindles i will typically use the round brush prime and paint you know do a scuff sand Mm -hmm. and then keep like a wood top you know so sand down and do like a raw wood top but really the when i've got the detailed legs or spindles that's where i'm gonna you know use the round brush and then and then paint it right yeah i mean i um i was thinking about that too kate when you said like they're small and don't take up much much room and Mm -hmm. also it's nice to have like smaller pieces for stuff like like to test out a new paint color something that you haven't used yet a new product um a new technique right but also because not every client is looking to buy a huge buffet or dresser you know they might not have the space for it and my gosh is there anything cuter sometimes than just a really like cute painted or refinished chair just that little accent piece that little pop just to bring like some character into your space. Mm-hmm. It was fun. I do feel like for this chair specifically, I did really enjoy, you know, I think I told you guys I had done the benches prior. So I had just kind of worked on some, but a little bit larger, a little bit more sanding. Um, but the upholstery part, I was like, well, am I starting to make a little shift here? And I had friends messaging me about like a couch and can you upholster this couch? I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> just just a little chair, you know, right. it's good, good for me or things for ourselves. And, and I have done a few chairs our home where um, it's just been for us. So, you know, that's not really where I'm looking at my hours that I have into it or the price tag necessarily, if it's going to be a piece that we keep um, and use in our home. Mm -hmm. Kate and Robin, I think both of your chairs are such a statement piece too. I have never purchased that I can recall just a single chair because I always felt like people wanted to buy, would want a set. But Mm -hmm. now that I saw both of your pieces, they are, it's like a piece of art, you know, it's a statement. Mm -hmm. It will go in someone's room and you don't need a pair. You don't, you know, it's just, I think a pair would probably be too much of those two. They're just so unique and just, it really, it's like a piece of art. So right. you guys did a very good well, job. Well, the opposite, Susan, I was thinking for yours, I'm like, oh, to have the set, that's so nice. <laughs> and they can have, you know, the couple can have their set, your coffee in the morning or whatever <laughs> together. So I think a set is also really nice when you have it. And like when Jen was saying, going thrifting and you find all those mixed match chairs, mm-hmm. that's actually how our kitchen um, table is. We just have all different chairs at our table. But I love the way that it looks and functions and just kind of has that, you know, vintage I would say like modern farmhouse vibe mm-hmm. and, and yeah. then it, it kind of does make it all flow yeah the set of chairs that I just purchased I actually got them separately and they don't match but I'm finishing oh, them nice. the same way so we'll see stay tuned and we'll see how that goes whether that works or not but they're and that's they're a really good same, idea yeah they're the same style chair and I'm finishing them I'm making the same 
you know, cushion fabric, the same paint colors. Um, so they'll be complementary to each other, but hopefully someone will are like you, <laughs> Are you putting this in your story, Susan? Because now I'm going to need to watch and make sure <laughs> I I'm will, following yes, along. I, I will try. Okay. I'll definitely have it on, on Instagram if it okay. makes it to the story, hopefully. <laughs> okay. Is there money to be made on chairs? I think so. If, if depending on the chair, um, is it going to bring in as much as a hutch or, or a large dresser? No. Um, but, but a chair itself can bring in, you know, I mean like the chair I did, for instance, um, even the chairs that, um, you know, Kate or Susan did, I think that, um, they're unique, one of a kind. And I, I totally believe that, um, somebody's going to pay, you know, a good amount of money for, for these pieces. So, yeah, I agree. I don't think they're like the bread and butter type pieces where, you know, everybody needs a dresser, everybody needs this, whatever. But um, I do think that, especially if you can do it well and, and just like Robin said, like make it unique or different than what they can purchase at the big box stores. I definitely think there's, there's buyers for those pieces. Well, I think that even this, you see a lot of refinishers doing um, accent tables mm -hmm. just for, um, I, I think a chair can bring in, in, in many cases, more money than what an accent table might be able to bring mm -hmm. in, depending on how, how it's done or what, you know, what was put into it and everything to that extent. Um, I don't. I don't think that my pee, my chair, for instance, I don't think I had it over, have it overpriced. Um, I think it's a really fair price, um, for, for a piece. I don't think that's the reason it hasn't sold. I think it's because it's so very feminine. And I mean, while many women may really appreciate it and say how beautiful it is, I, I don't know that a man is going to say that he wants this in his living space. <laughs> so I, 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 and, and I could be wrong, you know, I'm just saying that I don't feel that, um, like it takes a certain that, buyer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think that it, it could, I think that many cases these chairs can sell for more than, like I said, a, a a side table or an occasional table. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I agree. When I priced my pair of chairs, I, I was afraid. I just had no idea really what to price them. So I, I set out a price and I think within the first day, I got a full price offer and sold them for that. Um, and I think it's, I don't know if it's in poor taste. I won't say the amount, but it blew my mind. And my friend who also does refinishing, um, she said, you should have charged so much more for them. But I couldn't believe that I got what I asked for. I was I was I was blown away with the fact that someone paid, you know, what I listed them for. So um, it, it definitely was profitable for me. The two natural wood chairs, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. This rocking chair was for me. Um, same thing. I did get the full price. The lady did not mm -hmm. know happily. No, right. you know, would you take this? Just, just. And I think that sometimes when you do come, I try to keep my dining room. It's. It's not a dining room anymore. It is a furniture, <laughs> Kate's reclaimed room. Yep. Uh, my my husband and family have graciously let me uh, take over. So I use that for my staging and kind of my finished pieces. So that was where she also saw the nightstand. So it's like I kind of, I'm, I'm really lucky 
that I get to have that space. Um, and then I think kind of seeing it in that space, yeah. it did kind of elevate it. Like we mm-hmm. have a really nice dining room, hardwood mm-hmm. floors. I had like a beautiful chandelier in there. So she was just like, here you go, taking the chair, you know, and that, that felt really good. But, um, I, I did try to kind of go through like, okay, right. how much time did I have for me to go drive down and go pick it up, bring it home? I, like I said, two hours mm-hmm. to pull out all the staples, um, you know, sanding, cleaning, and then the top coating and the upholstery. And, and it was a lot of time. So it, the juice might not have been quite worth the squeeze on like what I would get for a, a, a typical hourly rate for another piece. But I think, um, Sometimes it's like it adds to your portfolio. Like Instagram is mm-hmm. kind of my my little portfolio there. And, and I wanted to do it. You know, it was also just being creative and having fun and kind of trying something a little bit outside of my normal um, wheelhouse, yeah. I guess. I love that. Just a challenge. You want to challenge yourself and see if you can do something different, new. And yeah. 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 Like it, it probably won't be my last chair. I just don't know how many I'll take on. Definitely when it's that free, free price tag, that's always very hard for me to pass up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we, I think we all have furniture bucket lists mm-hmm. that, you know, we, we hope to, you know, do. And, and sometimes when things are slower, like in my case, when I just happen to see a piece, you know, and think to myself, well, can I do it? (laughs) You know, and, and it just adds to your portfolio in the end of the day. And, and, um, and, and boost your confidence, quite honestly, because you, you can do it. (laughs) Yeah. And it turned out well. So, well, and what I like about what all three of you guys, just from our previous conversation about your winning pieces and this is that it sounds like all three of you were like, inspired to do these pieces like something about the piece itself or you know the, the fabric that you had something inspired you to do it you wanted to do yeah. it and when you look at the outcome like now I'm not one bit surprised that you three are the winners you know because it it wasn't like you took on a chair and thought oh another chair I don't want to do this it's like no it it completely shows in in your work Aww, thanks. Thank I think for me, it was Zebra's challenge that said, ooh, that inspired me. Okay, I need to go find some chairs. Let's try it. And then I <laughs> I don't believe I had this piece ahead of time. I remember seeing the challenge and saying, okay, let's go find a set of chairs or a singular chair and get that done. Oh, that's Aww. so cool to hear. That's very cool because that's uh, part of the objective of why we do these contests. And uh, I know uh, Jim, Jen would certainly echo that, wouldn't you, Jen? Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, we try to come up with these themes to inspire people. And, you know, sometimes you think, gosh, are, are we going to get many that'll do this? Are people going to be, you know, turned off by this? So, yeah, that makes me so happy to hear that. Yeah, I know. I mean, I was so I was actually looking forward to uh, this particular discussion in a different way, just because I've always thought about furniture finishers. And I think it's neat how this is not always true, um, but sometimes refinishing as a refinisher, you end up gravitating to a certain category. And, you know, like maybe buffets, you just love buffets. And so you tend to do a lot of buffets. And uh, I know Jen, Jen's a buffet girl, aren't you? Mm, yeah, 100%, 100%. <laughs> Beautiful ones. <laughs> so I, as, I, as I was thinking through that, I thought, you know, could you, you know, as a refinisher, could you really hone in on chairs? And not, I'm not even talking about dining chairs, but I'm just talking about chairs in general, like what all three of you guys did, to where that's really your primary business, where you just love doing chairs. And so 
you know, thinking through that process, are you able to acquire chairs at a good price, whether they're rocking chairs, maybe they're just, just basic wooden chairs, you know, um, but then you think about the aspect of sometimes you would need to do upholstery, so you'd have to kind of broaden your knowledge base in that regard. But I just think that that would be a great opportunity as a refinisher to differentiate a little bit, to really hone in on some styles of refinishing chairs and selling those. So I think we've gleaned a lot from all three of you and Jen included with your experience as a judge as well. But I would also say, and I think you guys would uh, certainly um, echo this, that the cool thing about social media and Instagram is it only takes one simple DM to ask somebody a question. And so if anybody's out there thinking about chairs or they have a question, maybe that we didn't answer, feel free to reach out to Jen or, or any of the three winners. And uh, I know you guys would be willing to help out and offer some, some guidance and suggestions. Absolutely. Well, uh, I think, you know what? I think I'm going to go find a chair to refinish. <laughs> and, uh, maybe I'll report back to you guys. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, Send us a DM. <laughs> yeah. I might be. Yeah, if you have any questions, just send us a DM. You know what? I may be DMing you guys quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, well, we, Although, know you have, we know you have the brushes you need, so you've right. got the tools. Absolutely. 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 Well, congratulations again, Susan, Kate, and Robin. You guys, again, did just a tremendous uh, job on these chairs. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And Jen, as always, we appreciate you coming back on the podcast and interviewing the winners, but also sharing your insights as well. Of course. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great day. And hey, maybe go find another chair. <laughs> Susan's got hers, so <laughs> she's good. <laughs> Thanks All right, a lot. Take care. All right, you too. Okay. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye, you guys. Bye. Thanks so much. Yep. Bye-bye. This week's refinishing tip comes from Veronica with Vintage by Veronica. Hey Zebra fans, it's Veronica from Vintage by Veronica. This tip occurs at the very tail end of the whole refinishing and painting stage. So if you're flipping furniture for profit or if you do client commission jobs, consider gifting your clients or buyers with custom care kits. It's always important to show your appreciation to the consumer who appreciates your passion and clearly loves your work enough to purchase an item that you've touched and refinished. I love my little care kits for my clients and buyers. They're a lot of fun, and especially when it's a rainy or snowy day. I like getting more and more creative with each kit. Some of the items that I include are things that the client or buyer can use to care for their newly transformed furniture, such as customizable furniture sliding pads for hardware floors, a label container of the paint used. This is actually especially important if you did a custom blend that's not available to purchase at a paint store, a touch-up arts and crafts paintbrush, pair of latex gloves, a container of the sealant that I had used, another container of any type of gilding wax that may have been used on the hardware or the detailed areas a microfiber cloth for cleaning that piece, and then a satchel filled with real lavender buds. This is great for sock and undergarment drawers, and my clients go crazy over this part. Then I also include a little shower fizzy or a candle just because I want them to feel special, and I am 
trying to show them how appreciative I am that they like my work. I also include a description note that explains all of the care items that are included in this kit, along with the instructions. Finally, and most importantly, in my opinion, is that little handwritten thank you card for the consumer. I never apologize for having the world's sloppiest handwriting because I think a handwritten note shows you're truly thankful for each individual that's supporting your business or your talent or your passion. So then I put all of these little items in a gift baggie or a gift box and I try to blend and match the tissue paper colors to the color of the paint that I used on that specific piece. So I hope you like this tip and give it a try in the future because it's certainly the most rewarding feeling to see that little smile or that big smile these care kits create on the individual's face that purchased one of my items I painted or refinished or hired me to revamp something that is very special or meaningful to them. Thanks so much. We love the detail you provide in your customer's care kit. Veronica, thanks for sharing. Our question of the week, what is your favorite part of refinishing, will be answered by our friends Hannah with Thrifty Farmhouse, Anna with Khaki Creations, Jackie with Three Inspired, and Beth with At The Dovestale. Hello, I'm Hannah from Thrifty Farmhouse. My favorite part of refinishing is, well, it's going to sound cliche, but everything. This industry has given me the chance to do something I love every single day. I thrive on saving old furniture from landfill and giving it a new lease of life. Majority of the furniture I refinish is old but extremely well made. This gives my clients the opportunity to personalize the furniture to their own tastes while preserving the craftsmanship that stood the test of time. Hi, my name is Anna Orino. My Instagram account is Khaki Creations, and that's Creations with a K. My favorite part of refinishing furniture is transforming a broken or out of style piece that becomes lovable again. Let me give you an example. I took a country style nightstand from Bulk Trash that nobody wanted, and I paired it with a vintage nightstand and transformed the two separate pieces of furniture to go together. I had never done that type of project before. However, the best part was the customer that bought them. She was really excited when she saw them in the ad, but became overjoyed when she saw them in person. She appreciated my work and I was excited that she loved them. The transformation of furniture that nobody wants into something someone treasures is and fantastic experience. Hi everyone, my name is Jackie and I am the owner of Three Inspired. So my favorite part of refinishing furniture is the transformation and sense of accomplishment. We all know that there are several times when a project can give us lots of problems and you have a vision and you have things that you planned out but they just don't go that way and I know that we all uh, love to give pieces new life and save antiques and beautiful furniture from the trash and the dump but I think it's more than that I think it's the creative outlet I think it's it's transforming these projects into beautiful pieces that can be 
um, enjoyed for a lot longer than they would have originally done. So um, anyway, I hope everyone's having a great week and thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Beth West from At The Dove's Tale on Instagram. My favorite part of refinishing, I would have to say two things. I can't pick just one. I love it when that paint goes on. I'd be surprised if most people that refinish furniture don't say the same thing. When it goes on with a brush or a sprayer, it is just the best feeling because you're in the home stretch and it just starts to take shape and look rich and gorgeous and beautiful. But I also have to say my favorite part is when I first get a piece. I like to come up with a vision for each one. And I will, you know, draw my inspirations from travel, museums, something I saw in a magazine, something I saw on TV, something I saw in a furniture store in the mall, all of it. And then I come up with what I'm going to do for that piece and get a good look at it. I'll do, you know, what kind of wallpaper I want to have, what kind of, you know, paint, what kind of color, what kind of look. Uh, hardware, the whole vibe. I almost start to you know, think of them as having personalities because they kind of do in my head. And for me, that's the artistic outlet that I love for each piece and working with my hands. And it is each and every time different. And that is exciting for each and every one. And you just, you never know what you're going to get. And it's just the best. Thanks for sharing, Hannah, Anna, Jackie, and Beth. How many of you think you are the only ones that make errors or gaffes in your refinishing process? Maybe you had an incident that occurred with a client that you were terribly embarrassed about. Well, you aren't the only one. Everyone makes mistakes, and we all learn from them, don't we? Welcome to our podcast segment called Furniture Bloopers. Hearing of others' mishaps actually encourages us. It reminds us that we are not alone. Yes, we all make them and it's okay. Life is too short. We can look back on these bloopers knowing that it wasn't great at the time, but you probably won't do it again. And this is one more way we can glean from one another. And you know how it is often days and weeks after it happens. It's not as big of a deal as it was at the time. It's actually one of those stories you tell later and it may bring a chuckle or two, but ultimately you really do move on. Today's Furniture Blooper is shared by our good friend Patty with Midlife Revival. Hello, fellow furniture refinishers. My name is Patty, and my furniture account name is Midlife Revival. When asked by Zebra if I had a furniture blooper to share for the podcast this week, I wasn't quite sure if I had anything worth sharing. Not because I never make mistakes, because that definitely isn't the case, but more so that I wasn't sure I had a good example. But here goes, you be the judge. A few years back, I found a desk for my daughter Megan's office space on Facebook Marketplace. We were in the process of helping her fix up her recent house purchase, a cute little two-story bungalow. Although the width of the staircase was wide enough to accommodate the desk, we, or I, did not take into account the upstairs doorway in which it had to pass through. Oops. You see, this house was built in 1925, and for some reason, the door going upstairs from the kitchen was made very narrow. So most likely, any desk would have not fit through this doorway. But instead of backing down from this challenging situation, I came up with a plan, which did involve my husband's help. Cue the eye rolling. You see, we cut the desk in thirds. We carried it up the stairs, where I ended up refinishing it instead. 
And then we reassembled it up in the office, which reassembling it is totally another story for another day. For my daughter, husband, and I, this definitely was a humorous situation and not one to soon be forgotten. So lessons learned are twofold. First, make sure you measure your doorway openings as well as hallways. And second, where there is a will, there is a way. Happy refinishing, everyone. I hope you will check out my account, Midlife Revival. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at that same name. And follow along as I'm always working on something challenging, it seems. And hint, there may just be another fixer-upper in my future very soon. Stay tuned. Sometimes the excitement of finding a piece that will fit perfectly in a space overrides other details like will it make it up the steps, through the hallway, and through the doorways. But you showcase the typical stamina that refinishers have, Patty. Problem? No problem. There will be a solution. Nice job, Patty. If you have had a furniture blooper that you wouldn't mind sharing on the podcast, please reach out to us. You don't know how your mistake may be quite instrumental in keeping others from making the same one. Email me at laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Our zebra staging contest with Jen and Amanda of the Ventured Sisters begins a new for July. All you have to do to enter is post your pieces with the hashtag ZebraStagingJuly. Jen and Amanda, along with our three winners for June to be announced soon, by the way, will review the hashtag the 1st of August and choose three winners. The winners will be chosen based on the effectiveness of the staging, and this covers the quality of the piece refinished, how the pieces are staged with a particular style of furniture presented, and last but not least, the quality of the photography. The three winners will receive a special framed award, zebra paintbrushes, and appear on our podcast to be interviewed by Jen and Amanda. Also, the three July winners will co-judge with Jen and Amanda for August staging contest. The Zebra Review category theme for July is Nightstands. Our featured judge is Lauren Switchina with Portland Road Living. If you have refinished a nightstand or a pair of nightstands from January 1st through July 31st of 2023, simply use the hashtag ZebraNightstands. Lauren will pick her five favorites, then the remaining three judges, Katie with Salvage by K. Scott, Katie with Katie and Company Home, and Jen with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture will vote out of Lauren's selections to choose the three winners. This month's prize sponsors are Fusion Mineral Paint, D. Lawless Hardware, Surf Prep Sanding, and Zebra Paintbrushes. Thanks for joining us. We are grateful for each of you. All links to artists will be in this week's show notes. We can't tell you how encouraged we are when we hear from you or when we read your reviews on one of the podcast directories. Speaking of podcast directory reviews, would you consider leaving one on your favorite directory if you haven't already? This helps tremendously in our ability to reach more people as well. It is a big boost to our ranking. As a thank you for leaving a review... We would like to send you a small gift. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me, laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Put podcast review in the subject heading and include your full name and mailing address. Okay, that's it for this show. Until next time, friends, happy painting. <laughs>